The second time around the block, the girl was still there. He sped by as though he didn't see her, and then tromped down on the brakes, fishtailing into the curb lane, making a show of it. In the mirror, he watched her studying the van, unable to make up her mind. He saw nibbled lips not too shy to assert themselves, dark eyes that were deep-set and vulnerable, the prettiest thing about her. Hurting eyes. He wondered how they looked, with tears in them. She came off the curb slowly and walked to the passenger's door. With one foot already inside, she hesitated, sizing him up, recoiling slightly when she saw the bed done in blue velveteen in back. She was a short girl in a pea coat a couple of sizes too large, with the collar raised against the first real snow of the season. The way she looked at him, she was the one doing the favor. He turned up the radio, flooding the space between them with digital sound. Shitty day to be out, he said. Been waiting long? A half hour, maybe? She cupped small red hands together and blew against her fingers. Is there any chance you're going all the way to Montpelier? He showed her his best smile. How'd you know? She folded down her collar, shaking the snow from straight black hair. She made herself comfortable on the seat, and he leaned across her lap and pulled the door closed, sensing her body tense until he retreated to his side of the engine hump. Without checking the mirror, he left rubber all the way to the corner, nearly clipping a blue Toyota that hadn't cleared the intersection. Next time, he told her, just so you'll know, don't thumb so close to town. Most drivers won't bother to stop when they can smell home. They crossed over the Pasumsic River into St. Johnsbury. Listening to heavy chains torture the broken pavement, they trailed a salt spreader through a shopping area shrouded in Halloween's black and orange. Up a slippery steep hill and around the library, the countryside took over and a two-lane highway brought them between frozen fields where dairy cows breathed billows of gray. He wound down his window and reached outside to swat away wet snow that the wipers had packed into a corner of the windshield. You can expect six to eight inches, he said. For no reason the girl could see, he laughed. You live in Montpelier. The vulnerable eyes bounced off his. Up close they were dark brown, as dark and delicious as chocolate chips. Uh Uh-huh. So she wasn't a talker. One of the rules he lived by, one of a few, was that hitchhikers didn't owe you a thing. Not gas money or a smile, not even a word. It was all right by him if she found her tongue, but then again, it didn't matter. Name's Paul, he said. The girl smiled faintly, as if she were hardly there. In her mind, she wasn't. Back at her boyfriend's, she was replaying a squabble that had ended with a declaration that she would never see Ben again, and this time she meant it. Well, maybe one more time, but only to return the pea coat she had grabbed in her hurry to get away, and to pick up her own ski parka, which she had left hanging on the door. I said my name is Paul, snapping his fingers in front of her face. Mine's Becky. You don't look like a Becky, he said without taking his eyes off the road more like Rebecca. She smiled absently. Okay, have it your way, Rebecca. And they called Rebecca, he was looking right at her now, and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said,
I will go. I don't get it. Genesis, he said. Chapter 24, verse 58. Very apropos, don't you think? You're weird. Not really. He flashed the good smile again, but this time he took something off it, like a junk ball pitcher mixing his speeds.